Parker Kligerman, current NASCAR Truck Series driver, great hair, well-spoken, likes dogs. Kind of. If you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Unemployment. <laughs> Accurate. Yep. Accurate. Soon to be fired from the next one. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. And welcome to Dinner with Racers, season number three. I'm Ryan Eversley. I am Sean Heckman. We are on day 34 of a 13,000-mile trip that took us across 25 states to bring you 29 free dinners that you get to hear about your favorite podcast and motorsports based on dinner. So, uh, when it comes to sitting down to eat the guy, one of the places you should go to is Stamford, Connecticut, because that is the home of Parker Kligerman. Uh, now, if you don't know Parker's career, he's, uh, he's a younger guy who has already had a great and very unique career. Actually, at a very young age, started out as an open-wheel guy, was uh, kind of a road racing driver like many of us, uh, and then uh, at a young age realized the opportunities available in stock car racing and went that direction. Didn't take a whole lot of time before he got a, uh, a Penske Junior Driver Development contract, uh, did what he could with that, and then when he sort of saw the writing on the wall for where things were going, uh, moved over to the broadcast side, which is kind of where he resides now, and he's got a fun little balance of being an on-air personality and getting rides in the Camping World Truck Series. One of the neat things that happened with Parker was immediately after his episode, he went to Talladega the next weekend, and he won the truck race. Got that DWR bump. That's right. So that was pretty darn cool. Uh, here are some of the things you're going to hear about. Uh, him getting fired a lot. The Saeed's Bar in Charlotte, which is where every development driver in NASCAR has spent some time. Uh, basing your personal value on death threats. How a last chance effort led to racing for Penske. So uh, this is, again, not made up on National Taco Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We headed out to Bar Taco in Stamford, Connecticut. Kind of cool because I live next to the Bar Taco that's in Atlanta. There's only a couple of them in the country, so that was a unique thing for us. I had the shrimp rice bowl and chicken tacos as well as a Coke. And I also had a Coke, actually. You did. And a chicken sandwich. You you did. I did. You did. I had a chicken sandwich. I believe you. Uh, and, of course, we got there courtesy of an Acura MDX. That was driven by Mr. Dario Franchini. Do you guys have to do this now? Come on. I'm trying to drive. Yeah, well, we're trying to podcast, okay? Just let it go. That's how this works. <sighs> Thanks again to our fantastic sponsors who made this entire thing happen. Shout out to Foxy Wraps, who wrapped our Acura MDX for us. Shout out to Acura for the job. And also this great MDX that we're sporting around the country. And of course, none of it would be possible without our big sponsor, Continental Tire. Continental Tire. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. What a setup. All right. <laughs> what a Put setup. Put that on. <laughs> Put that on. Are you, are you just gonna be? Are you gonna be mean today? Yeah, this could be just. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I feel like I'm air traffic control. That's the only way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not wear that in the booth when you're doing booth stuff? Yeah. They times I have, but it's not this intense. Okay. Oh. Oh. No. Really? Wow, look at us. These are nicer. <coughs> These are actually 
more plush. Ah, yeah. okay. We did. We take care of our people. Yeah, yeah. all plush? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got that podcast money. Podcast <laughs> money. You got the real Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. No, That's this is a straight up from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best. Now, I live in California, so this is actually fairly common. Fairly common. Uh, yeah, but it's like the only so way I've to been, go. So, <laughs> basically, you have one near you. Yeah. You have that in California I have that, but I've never time. been to a bar. There's right. nothing cool about this place. We no, 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 no. No, it's all right. We're going to talk about the check. Yeah. I've never been to this. So, for some so. Actually, through a complete f- up on my part, uh, a friend of mine, Beth Peretta, lives over or lived over in West Hartford for a while. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, a, maybe three years ago, I came up for Lime Rock to race, and she's like, "Meet me for lunch in West Hartford. There's a cool taco place. We go to that one. And it's like on a side street cafe deal, and uh, really, really cool place. And so then, I'm on the road for like the next two months. I come back to my neighborhood in the park, and they're opening one up, which I was like, "What the? F-? Like, that's random." So then you suggested it, and I'm like, I think I've been to that one. I've been to that it place. It wasn't this one. It was the other one. But so uh, the reason I love it is the they have my favorite tequila. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so are we doing it? Are we doing it? I mean, that's new? up to you. It's a little oh. early, oh. but no, no, it's not. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's so. what Petey Cunningham says. <laughs> <laughs> Sean doesn't drink at all. Oh, unless all right. it's with Meyer and Dreddy, as we found out last night. Mm. Yeah. I haven't had a drink in over 20 years until last night. That's a good excuse. Yeah, I was like, Mario and Dreddy said I have to drink wine. I'm drinking wine. Oh my wine. gosh! Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I so. can't believe that you guys went from Mario and Dreddy to then meeting me. That's like <laughs> going from Brad Pitt to like the LA barista that says he's an actor. You know? <laughs> to Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's how it goes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So do you, you're from Connecticut originally, but mm-hmm. how far from so this area? So I grew up until I was about 11 years old, 12 years old, uh, just basically like two minutes from here. Um, and then we moved to Westport, which is like 30 minutes from here. So, um, yeah, it's, it was funny. Like when the, the way I ended up back here is I was living down in Charlotte racing. I lived down there like five years. In 2014, the cup team I was at folded. All this stuff was going on, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I get this call randomly from NBC Sports, and they're like, hey, you know, your name came up, blah, blah. Would you like to come do some TV? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know what? Like, I'm not really enthused about some of the things happening down here. And uh, <laughs> not having a great time. <laughs> and, way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my lease was up on my place. And I go, where are you guys at? And they go, Stanford, Connecticut. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll come home. Yeah. So yeah. And that's how I end up here. Yeah. So you moved back in with the parents. I did that for a little while. No, oh, really? you did. Oh, yeah. I was just joking around. No, no, I did, actually. I pulled the full millennial. So, you know, like, you get out of college, you go back home. And uh, I lived at home for, like, six months. And then when I felt it was a little more permanent, you yeah. know, I was like, all right, I'll get a place. Yeah. So How were they with that? Stanford. They were cool. They were they fine. Were right? Yeah, they'd yeah. actually, like, kind of redone the upstairs. Our house was, like, a frat house for yeah. a while. Okay. Uh, Good. It was a, you wouldn't even enter the upstairs if, unless you wanted, like, some form of disease. So, <laughs> uh, and then they redid it. So it was actually, it was like not even being at home. I didn't really feel at home the whole time. Right. Uh, did you live in? Everybody has to like live in that one neighborhood, which Barkdale. is Parkdale. Did yep, you live in Parkdale? Yeah, I live. I oh yeah, I did full NASCAR. So okay, I did full right. radio. I did full NASCAR. Right, you so, have to. So is there a Red Rocks? Park there, was Red, there was a Red Rocks Park Clickman. Yes. Yep. So, yep. so if you listen to the Justin Marks episode we ate there, everybody's got a menu item after their name. That's a that's a normal mm. NASCAR Oh, driver. item. You know what? So I think I I resisted having one. You're like, I don't want to be on it. I didn't want to be on it. <laughs> I was like, you know, in the deal, but at the same time, I was always kind of an outsider, and I always yep. felt like I wanted to stay that way. Right. Okay. When you look back, you're like, mm, maybe I should have been more in the deal. But right. um, yeah, I I, I – I did not have one to put on the menu. Okay. But I did frequent there. Yeah. They have a lot of my money. Right. <laughs> Copy that. How old are you when you go down to live there? 
Uh, so I was 18. Right. Uh, I had done. I was doing Arca. Um, I'd gotten linked up with Penske, and they had offered me a development contract and that sort of thing. And so I was doing the Arca deal, and I was also going to go to college. So I moved down there when I went to college as well, UNC Charlotte. I did that for a semester, and then they wouldn't let me miss enough races. We were trying to do Xfinity the next year, and, or not miss enough races, miss enough time classes. Right. And so I ended up quitting that. But, yeah, so I was down there from then till about 23, yeah. I guess, 24. Yeah. So somewhere in that range. Okay, so – is that the first time away from home? Mm, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I raced in Indiana in 07, 08, doing USAC Midgets. Right. So I would go out there for, like, the whole summer, uh, especially in 08. I was out there for, like, three months, three and a half months in the summer. Right. So um, and I just lived out there with a, a guy who was my manager, buddy, right. that sort of thing. We were, we were doing everything, mechanic, crew chief, everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> we were everything. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, so I, I guess it wasn't the first time away from home. I mean, I went to Sleepway Camp. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that counts. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so, so you moved down to Burkdale. Or is Burkdale where you go first? No, so I did. Um, I actually, funny enough, I lived in a. When I went to college for the semester, I lived in what was called U Walk. It was basically just like the, the college living. Okay. And I moved in with three guys off of Craigslist. Oh, nice. Yeah, and okay. uh, that was funny. So it's not a dorm, but it's like a college area. Yeah, and you had in. like yeah, four yeah. rooms, and they all had their own bathroom, but then you had the uh, common area in the middle okay. sort of thing. And um, it was really funny because, you know, I'm racing right. and like doing arc and stuff, and these guys, are they were actually like senior, juniors and seniors. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, they're just college kids, broke college kids, yeah. and then here I am, like, busting in and out from, yeah. like, different racetracks and stuff. It was ridiculous. Right. They, they right. didn't know what to think. I don't think they ever will. They, they were, so were kind of shocked. Okay. So we're, oh, go ahead. I, I kind of want to go down this road because it, it's a small town when you really think about it. Like, the Mooresville, especially when you guys are – there's, a, like, 100 of you development drivers. Who are your neighbors – that you lived around in Burkdale because it kind of sets the scene for like it's a oh, small yeah. it's a small area. So you know? in my parking garage, so the way it works is like you have all the the apartments and then the middle of them is a parking garage for each set. Yeah. In my parking garage, you had Casey Kane, who was right next to me. His uh, I don't even know if I was a girlfriend at the time or I don't know what she was. Right, <laughs> there friend. Was, there was a girl. <laughs> he used to visit a friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was Jeb Burton, AJ Almdinger, uh, Larson was there at one point. Um, who else was there? And just just this one garage, you had the uh, one a bunch of crew guys that were right. living there at the same time. I mean, literally, our parking garage was all mascots. Right. If you you walked out, you were so it was like my whole thing was you were always in a bubble because you went to the racetrack all weekend, right. same people. Yep. You got back, you all flew in the same plane, and then you all went to the same, same place. place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, right. this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> and right. I think no one really understands. Like, I it's probably been. For a while, it was cool for NASCAR, yeah. but I always wished like NASCAR didn't do that to itself right. so much. You know, like that it had the more locales. Is Saeed's the best bar <laughs> in the world? <laughs> Not anymore. No. Oh, they it changed was. it. Well, yeah, because they upgraded it. Oh, you can't. So, well, he's still kind of the you know, it still has the luster of being that just right. rancid dive bar. So Sean has no idea what we're talking about. Oh no, 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 Sean. So, all right. So yeah. this place. All right. You would when it was first coming to like light, it was you show up to this weird gas station. And this is in in, in Mooresville. Yeah, well it's like Huntersville. Huntersville. So yeah. a little bit before yeah, yeah, Mooresville, yeah. out of Charlotte. So you'd show up to this weird gas station. Yeah. And behind it you really notice it's just dirt parking lot, yeah. this huge tree yeah. and like ruts and everything, mud. And then you realize there's this little cut in the fence, and you walk in, and suddenly it's like a bar. Yeah. And they okay. have like arcade things going right. on, a yeah. pool table, and then up the stairs is the bar area. 
and it's very badly lit, yeah. and it's sketchy, and there's a karaoke <coughs> thing, and all nice. the furniture is like taped over yeah. with duct tape, yeah. ripped. You look at the people and the clientele, and they're like, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why are they here on and a then, Tuesday? Oh, Michael Waltrip. Yeah, literally. And then, it, no, literally. Yeah, and yeah. then if you were anyone that knew NASCAR, you'd turn around and be like, oh, Kyle Larson. Oh, it's so and so. I saw Larson there. <laughs> like, what? No yeah, right. So I, uh, I always laughed about that one. And the funniest part is when we first start going there, you wouldn't pay credit cards. You pay cash. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because your credit card info may have been suspect to be used. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. And now I went. What was it? year ago or whatever and it's got like it's all re i mean he obviously blew up yeah and right. so you know, you know the nascar community funded him and so yeah. he's now like everything's nice uh, he's yeah. got a Charm volleyball court right there's an outdoor bar i mean it's a real bar now yeah and it's yeah. the luster of it. it's a gas station yeah it's a gas station yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right we don't really do a whole lot of biography stuff because what's the point but um know, but you, you moved to north carolina at 18 with a penske contract yep how the how the shit did you get to that point uh luck to be honest, um, just simply like I see, my thing was I wanted to be in open wheel, I wanted to be in road course racing, like you're yeah, doing, right. and I did a year of that. And my dad was in nice enough. like SCCA, no, or it, was, it was called Formula TR, it's Formula Renault, mm-hmm. okay. which is now defunct. Yeah. Mar- uh, Marco Andretti did it yeah. for me, and Colin okay. Braun, I'm sure you know, yeah, and like Fran uh, yep, yep. Fran, it was like that, and so. Did that like one? And you're the, what, 16? Yeah. Okay. 2006. Won the most races. Won all the polls. Won the championship. And my dad was like, "Cool, you're on your own." And <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he just was wasn't nice. a big. Never was like a. You know, he. Like he's not a racing guy, or no, just wasn't. Okay. No. Okay. And uh, you know, he thankfully helped me that one year, and so that was cool. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, I want to go to like full BMW, or I want to go to Europe, and right. you know, all this stuff. Right. And so, you just can't do that without money yeah. Um, yeah. and at the time is you know everyone saw at the time and you mentioned all development drivers it was yeah. like well NASCAR everyone gets paid yeah. Yeah. so right. we'll go yeah. there right and so uh, went to do USAC midgets mm-hmm. in the west in the Midwest and literally bought a car uh, a little help from my grandpa and ran it on that the money we had left over from buying it <laughs> and right. did 12 races and uh, my, myself and a guy named Bob Perona who's the coach and, and uh, manager for um, what's his name? Well, now I'm going blank. Okay, well that's dumb. He well, coaches James Hinchcliffe. Oh, yeah. And he's SPM's <laughs> right coach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, he and I went out there. We did 12 races. It was a disaster. And the last race of the season, <laughs> we're at Anderson, Indiana, for a national USAC midget race. And so there's like 68 cars there for 24 spots. Yeah. Wow. And we haven't done anything. I mean, we barely <laughs> finished a race right, all year. Right. And no idea what we're doing. And I remember him being like, hey, man, have fun. Your last race. <laughs> enjoy it. And, you know, like, and I mean, how many times the race driver have you been told, yeah, this just is your to, last race? Just to enjoy right. this one. So <laughs> we go out there and in the heat race and we go from dead last to passing the guy uh, who had won the championship the year before, Jerry Coons Jr., mm-hmm. around the outside, nice. get into the feature. And, and that's like it, a legend. That in yeah, the legend yeah. of time, yeah. and there was a scout there from a NASCAR team. Really? And uh. he called the team and was like, hey, I think you need to check this kid out. And so got a call, and it was Ganassi, and got a, like a, a midget test, and it went well. And it started at the same time Bob was working with a ARCA team, that was the Dodge ARCA team, yeah. Clayton Motorsports, and they were looking to start a development program mm-hmm. with Dodge and all this. So all these things confused together. And the next year we get hooked up with Ilmore Motors, and we're going to be like the Ilmore Dodge Development Midget Team. Right. Uh, we had a young girl who had a little of uh, backing that was going to be like the kind of the money behind it, and I was okay. sort of the developer in 
shoe guy. And uh, got a slow start, and we started developing that motor, but throughout the year we got better and did mm -hmm. some good things. And we won a heat race, I want to say. <laughs> we never won a major race. Right. But we were good, and we had done what we needed to do with the motor, which took it from a place where it was like unraceable, no one would buy it, right. to where at the end of the year people were offering to, to rent it. And that's what go. Ilmore wanted. Right, right, well, right. the same time, this is where the luck gets involved. Ryan Newman is leaving Penske Racing yeah. and the cup level. And Roger Penske looks at his available options, and this is no disrespect to the guy who ended up getting the ride at the time, the 12 car, but he said, I believe some of the thought process was, wait a second, we have no one else in the wings? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. no one else that we've sure. been developing to put in here? Right, from and an all-stock car. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. just anything. And so I think at that time, Penske, Penske Racing said, you know what, we should start a development program because we just don't have anyone right. so right. and you look at the teams at the time and there, everyone had one like when i did the 2008 uh night before the 400 midget race mm -hmm. of the 24 guys that were in the feature it was like 22 of them had development contracts with yeah, the right. team right i mean so just to name some names development guys at that time bobby santos clausen stenhouse stenhouse yep. was yeah, in that yep. race i mean it was incredible you were just like whoa i'm at the mm -hmm. like we're at the forefront of right. this right. is happening yeah. so uh I think they felt like they needed to do something. He actually ha happened to be a part owner of Ilmore, and so for whatever he reason, uh, Roger Penske. Roger, yeah. And so for whatever reason, something happened, and someone said, hey, have you heard of this kid that we're you right. doing our midget stuff? Right. I got a chance to do an ARCA race, qualified second, did well, finished sixth. That was one with uh, your buddy Andy Lally in it at New Jersey in 08. Oh, oh right. that one. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, yeah. and then uh, – the one the he, fight? Uh, that was the, the one – No, he had some – Missed pit stop deals and the, the the weather was weird. The weather was weird. He was gonna. He was just very. Just won it. Algar won. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't. It, this is a very sore subject with Andy because he was <laughs> he was on the course to win his. They his should one never only Arca race. Caution. They never should have red flag. Uh, yeah, and there was a random red flag of caution. And right. Andy all of a sudden, who was moving his way up because of a missed done pit stop. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway. he had us all beat. Yeah. I qualified second, I don't even know how, and he had us beat by like five tenths. <laughs> so he should have won that race. So. Anyway. Did that, did another one, and then the next year, going in that off-season, Penske was like, uh, you know, we want to do ARCA stuff, here's what we planned. And then that year, although we ran the whole season, we went into it with, like, we've got funding for eight races, and let's just front-load it and see what happens. Sure. And then we went on to win all these races. Yeah, yeah. Did the call come from Penske himself? Roger, you know, I can't. So the first time I met Roger was after the 2009 Daytona ARCA race. And, and you're like 17, 18. Yeah, so I would have been 18. Okay. And um, basically, uh, so I'm trying to think. So, okay, so what happened was the race happens. We end up finishing seventh. We got involved in a wreck as ARCA at Daytona. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. You start yeah. the race in a wreck, basically. <laughs> well, everyone in there is going to be a cup driver. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was Milka in that race? Who? Was Milka in that race? Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's testing, oh, okay. my, testing my knowledge. <laughs> oh, I um, know who was in that field, though, but go on. We'll let you finish. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up finishing seventh forever, and so uh, Michael Nelson, who's the GM at Penske, was like, hey, there's someone who wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, cool. And I'm in, like, ripped jeans. <laughs> I've got this long, stupid haircut like Justin Bieber at the time. And I get whisked away to go meet Roger Penske at his bus. Mm -hmm. And so I get brought in this nice bus forever, and you get – Suddenly, there's a door to the back, and suddenly the door opens. It's like, they're ready. And you get whisked <laughs> in, and it's well, Roger on the right side and Tim Sindrick on the left, and they are sitting. They have these, you know, black Penske racing yep. coats on yep. these ma massive, like, because uh, it was really cold, like winter coats. Yeah. 
and the black slacks and everything, and they're sitting in two chairs that are elevated above where you're sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so think about this. So I get yeah. sat down, Did and I'm like. Did he his hand out with a ring? Oh, I know. Kiss basically, you should have. And Did he, he have a cat? Was he petting yeah, a cat? Yeah, I mean, that would have <laughs> been, been perfect. perfect right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, precious. And so I'm like, no way. And so I sit down. And you're looking up at them and like literally you just talked and listened and listened and listened and then eventually there was no like goodbye. It's like everyone just stops talking, they look in the other direction, and it's like that's the sign you need to leave. Oh, I should go. Yeah, I should leave. Should I? And so I was like, okay. Well thanks, nice to meet you. And uh, yeah, that was my leave introduction now. to Roger. So and then for you know, to this day though, Roger's the coolest man. I I was just thinking the other day, I think it was his eightieth that just recently happened, and I texted him. And, you know, of all people, he texted back in a minute. Like, no way. thanks, that's man. You know, hope cool. all's well, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm just yeah. like, that's incredible. So we've had similar we've experiences that, yeah. with some of the higher-ups that we've got to deal with through the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, Mike Hull yeah. immediately is like, oh, yeah, here's what's up. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, no question. We're like, how do you have time? <laughs> yeah. You, you know? So, so was it 08, your, your ARCA with Penske? 08, 09. Yeah. More, I don't care about ARCA. I care about, did you get to know Tim George Jr.? So, yeah, I know. Yes! <laughs> Go, do it. Go. So Tim's the one I passed on the last lap of that Daytona race. Oh, around the outside right. on the restart okay. for seventh. Okay. And Tim actually knew my oldest brother uh, a little bit from growing up in this area. Okay. And uh, From growing up in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, because yep. the, the George and family is sort of a They, they are known family. in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Oh. His, his oh. dad and, and uh, <laughs> such. And so. He's known as an interesting comment. Go on. Yep. So... Um, <laughs> I just need to point out, because I don't like that kid, that you brought him up. I did. <laughs> I'll gladly take him. Yeah, so I, I've known Tim for a while, and uh, no we've one hung really out here and Tim. there. And, and no, I, I, yeah, I'd say that too. And, uh, yeah, so he's interesting. You know, racing was never – I'm glad it's probably over there, because I, I think it was always – one of my suggestions to him one time was probably right when we were first getting to know each other. I said, hey, man, you know, instead of doing the whole driving thing, I was like, why not just be an owner? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're obviously drumming up sponsorship and stuff. I was like, dude, you could really, like, kick ass doing that, and you'd, you'd be here and everything, and never really right. yeah, sunk yeah, in. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all there is to that. He texts yeah. my sister a lot, apparently. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Would have never guessed. Yeah. He'll definitely text me after this, then. Um, you recently became, like, an NBC Sports correspondent, journalist, yeah, media selfie. type. Have you, and we've seen this on, at least on my side, you probably didn't have this before, but I've seen guys that probably wouldn't give me a whole lot of time uh, as a rival driver now become really friendly because we have this podcast. Has that happened to you with like, oh, that guy can maybe get me an interview? Uh, I get that on the PR side. I get that. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. like PR people who otherwise would never speak to me because I'm just such a weirdo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden it's like, No, oh, I get uh, that vibe right now. <laughs> a little <laughs> creeped out, man. A little creeped out. Yeah. Stop looking at me. No um, eye contact. You know, I, I can't think of like a, a thing. I'd say more so myself, like people where maybe I didn't even have a reason to talk to them for any reason mm -hmm. or like become friendly. I've become more friendly with because of the whole TV thing. Right. And that because a lot of times I know it's in their best interest that that they're like we're friendlier because it's cool like we can do more fun interviews and right. that sort of yeah, thing and that sure. sort of stuff. And is, so, that a, is that a confidence thing or just you feel it's part of the job to have that rapport? You know, I don't even know. I think I guess part of the job. Yeah. yeah. But you it's not it's not like they explicitly tell you that. You know, right, right, you, right. you can have any relationship you want with anyone, but it's what you want to bring to the broadcast. Yeah, and you if know, you're gonna get an me, interview out of them, sure. My role is kind of 
to be that younger, a little bit more fun, a little mm -hmm. bit more, you know, out of the box sort of thing, and, right. and not a broadcast professional. You know, I'm, I'm just a driver. I yeah. Whole mic. So, but I, I don't know. I, I'd say I'm not like, you know, one. All right, you're friends with him, so this would be funny. And I, he, we've never had this discussion, and I hope he hears it. So, one that's kind of funny is Ryan Blaney. Right? Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. he replaced me when I got fired from Penske okay. and BKR that year, and I feel like he felt like I maybe had some animosity towards him, okay. like a very a large amount of time, right. which I never did. I never it was like, hey, you know, whatever. It's, Part not, of the deal it's not like he, he came in. It's like in, really, yeah. I got fired. You took the opportunity. More power, yeah, more yeah, power yeah, to you. So uh, since this job, like I've had to like you know interact with him more and things, and I always felt like there's this tinge of it. Like, he's not sure if I really like him or not. Right, right. But then anyone who's known me in the last four or five years has always been like, yeah, that kid, he's talented. Like, yeah. He's cool. Way cooler than me. Totally deserved the opportunity. And then I saw him win at Pocono. I had to interview him afterwards. Right. And I was like, that was one of the most incredible drives there is. We yeah. ended up doing this long interview. But I always have this sense that, like, he doesn't think I'm he's genuine about he's it. He's waiting right. for you to just burn yeah, him. Yeah, like, burn <laughs> yeah. him. And yeah. I'm like, I don't have it. Like, I'm right. like, I'm actually just legitimately a fan. So, <laughs> right. hey, you, you, you took over. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, you're doing so, a good job, kid. Yeah. I'm the one who got fired. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just waiting for that, like, that passive interview. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're all really happy for you. <laughs> no, good for you. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. for you. <laughs> you're great. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yep. Everyone should love you. <laughs> Excellent. Not to not to harp on a, a dark subject, but you kind of opened the door. Uh, uh, you know, you Getting were fired. Yeah, well, you were a star on the rise. You know, Arca, you were a Penske yeah. development driver, and and you know, then you move over to trucks and Xfinity, all with good rides, like you say, BKR and all under the Penske umbrella. Um, the transition to broadcasting, you know, one could interpret that as you kind of seeing the writing on the wall with where your driving career mm -hmm. was going, and you had an opportunity, and this is now what you've got to take. Would you? Would, they, would you say that's accurate? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I think, uh, all right, first of all, I get that asked. So I'm like, hey, what happened there? And I'm like, I don't know. I fucked up, I guess. Right. <laughs> Sorry for the language. But, like, well, but, is, but you don't know. You don't right. know. Someone, the smartest person I know in racing, always said your career will end and you'll never know why. And that's like, if you really think about people like no. in racing mm -hmm. and how short a time you're like given a chance to yeah. do anything, it's very true because it will just end. And right. there's no like, sorry. Yeah. There's no, like, like someone's going to be like, this is what happened, man. Right. Like, it's just right. going to end. Well, right. and it's something that, like, I think all young kids should hear, that you never get, in your head, you're like, well, if somebody asks me, I'll just tell them this is the reason why. But you're never going to get a chance to defend never, yourself. It just exactly. goes away. And if you do, you know, how crass, like, a lot of times, they're, you know, it's, a, it's not going to benefit you in any way, if, right. especially if you want to still be a part of it. Yeah. So, long story short, um, what happened was the broadcasting thing came about because there was actually a young producer at NBC, he's now one of my best friends, and he was re I was doing writing for Jalopnik, right. um, and he was reading a lot of it, and was like, you know what, this kid's kind of got his unique point of view, right? Um, and he went to some of the boss at NBC, and he was like, hey, here's what he's doing, I had some YouTube stuff, and so they saw it, and thought, okay, yeah, we want someone younger, right. and at the same time, the cup team has that folded, and I was just kind of, that, that was like the final straw, where since I had... Even when I was doing things at Penske, though, we did something in 2010, which was a bit of a disaster in the X-Men series. It was a horrible choice in terms of doing the satellite deal mm -hmm. that never works. And, you know, it was like, okay, that's the wrong way to do that. Then the truck series deal barely came together. Then we built it up. And then right when it was building up, it was like, oh, goodbye. Right. And, I was, and then I went to uh, KBM, and, you know, we ended up not getting some of the things maybe 
promised, and it, a lot of just things that kept happening, and right. it was like, finally, I was like, you know what? I need a change. Yeah. And so then the broadcasting thing came, right. and that was cool, and I thought, all right, whatever, I'll just do this and see what happens. And one guy I know you're friends with, and I listened to his this his podcast this is Landon Castle. Yes. And I have a huge amount of respect for Landon because of what he does where he has, you know, run in those back-end teams for a long time and done an incredible job and raised sponsorship and done things and yeah. really improved his career. But the other day, I did it for a short amount of time and thought, I can't do this forever. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. can't. I was like, I've I never got into racing to run 30th. Right. And when I started to realize I'm not going to get a chance at Hendrick Motorsports, yeah. This also all came along at the same time, and I thought, you know, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. Right. And so the broadcasting thing happened, then I started to get to do truck stuff, and I'm, like, having a lot more fun. But I have a huge amount of respect for what he does because that is the toughest thing yeah. we'll do in races. What he does, Cup, 25th on back. Yeah. Like, if you go to Martinsville, do not watch 1st through 20th. Watch 21st on back to, like, 30th where they're fighting to stay in the lead lap. Right, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. There is no more intense form of racing in the world. Yeah. I'm guaranteed. It's Jeremy Clarkson in the world. Like <laughs> there is just no more intense form of racing. And so what he, when you're back there, not only you in the, like the dogfight of your life because the cars don't drive as well. They're you know you're being asked to do the incredible each and every lap. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, you're fighting for your life, your career, like everything. It's, it's a dogfight. Yeah. And yeah. so. <clears throat> I just think that's a very, you know, it's impressive what he's done, but I don't think that was, I was cut out for that. Right. You know? And I just, I wanted to go win races and I wanted to be a guy who could win championships. Right. And the second it was like, whoever re decisions we'd made, yeah. we didn't get there. It yeah. was like, you know what? This isn't working out. Right. Well, now you're carving out a form of longevity that yeah. maybe wouldn't have existed if you're finishing 30 hundred percent. So, and, yeah, yeah. you know, I, look, maybe I should have done it for a little bit. I don't know. I don't like to look back, but I like, you know, right now, this year I've gotten a race. 10 or 12 truck races. We finish in the top 10 every race we finish. Oh, like, cool. I'm doing that, having fun, and right. doing the TV thing, and right. there's other stuff we're doing. And you just start doing YouTube stuff, right. which is fun. Doing this podcast. You're on dinner You're with huge. Racers. You've made it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is You great. and Mario made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's funny about that? That you guys mentioned Mario is that not only am I just, like, so surprised, just, within a day span, you <laughs> talk to Mario and Jetty and then me, yeah, but... It's, it's uh, literally barely been 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the I, in my in my bathroom, I have a quote, a plaque yeah. that's been with me since two thousand eight, nine, and it's Mario Andretti's quote about like determination, yeah. having determination towards your goal, commitment to excellence, all that stuff. Right, sure, that famous right. quote. Yeah. And I was laughing so hard, I was like, "No way!" Like that that guy was right before me, and he's been in my he doesn't even know he's been in my bathroom forever. But, uh, <laughs> well, and you're gonna and, you're gonna love his question. Then. Well, and then the only other thing, <laughs> the only thing I was to say is I was like. You know what? I've probably never listened to that quote the entirety of the time I've had it. So right. I should have yeah, been more. paying attention to that. <laughs> so, because you're a young guy, good-looking guy, oh, you, nice you're welcome. That happened. Wow. Um, tell me about becoming a NASCAR driver at the ripe age of, what, 20? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Girls everywhere? <laughs> I actually, funny story about that is that I had a friend who came down to Charlotte one time. And it wasn't a close friend, and we were we actually like went out and had some fun, or whatever. And this is right in the midst. I think I was in Xfinity at the time. Okay. And he's like, "Shit, I expected naked chicks everywhere." <laughs> and he's like, "Why is it just four dudes hanging out?" 
<laughs> yeah, I know. It's not all it's cracked up to me. Sorry, man. So I was like, maybe someone's doing that. I just haven't figured out how to pull that off. Right. I don't so, know yet. Give me uh, a minute. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, look, the, the weirdest thing for me was that NASCAR wasn't like my first love in racing. It was like kind of the, the smarter choice right. at the time. And, you know, I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to do for one stuff. I wanted to do IndyCar. But there was no way there. And suddenly I was in this world, NASCAR. Yeah. And I had, I had watched it forever, respect it. It just wasn't like I wanted to go there. Yeah. And here I was suddenly in the second highest form of it, right. you know, and knock on the door of the highest form and been part of the biggest teams and this right. sort of thing. And I'm just like, whoa, this is a surreal moment. But when you were in it, when I was doing it, it wasn't – it was always like, what's the next? You know, what's right. the next level? Boom, boom, boom. You never really, like, took account of where you were yeah. at. And Kurt Busch always used to say uh, that if he had one thing to change in his career, he would – would have taken time to smell the roses. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's smart. And I tell young drivers that a lot. Like, just look around one right. time. Right. You know what? Case in point. Can I do another Diet Coke? Nice. Uh, AJ Allmdinger. Yeah. So we were talking this weekend at Richmond, and he looked really down. And I came up to him, and he'd been snarky to me at Watkins Glen one day and basically <laughs> kicked me out of his hauler. And, recently? Uh, recently at Watkins Glen. Like, this year? Yeah, oh. this year. Oh, like okay. He wasn't yeah. happy with his race car. <clears throat> and... He uh, he looked down. I came up to him. He's like, "Hey, man, cheer up." And he's like, well, I, I, "I am cheering up." And you know, you, I'm 25th on the. So I'm starting 25th in this race. Would, would you be happy? And I was like, "Yeah." You're still <laughs> a professional race car driver. Right. And right, I was right. like, and I was like, "See what I'm doing?" This and I have all the gear on and yeah, I got NASCAR. Right. I was like, "This is a real job. That's not a job." And, and then by, by the, the end of the conversation. Well, by the end of the conversation, he's like, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I should be happier. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, turn it around. But it was like, you just, I don't know. It was a funny moment yeah. <laughs> for him to, yeah. to, like, watch him. Yeah. yeah. I'm only 25th out in the loud, premier level collective. of racing. Yeah, like, yeah, at yeah, the premier yeah. level, you're being paid a lot of money to drive in circles. Yeah. Well, how yeah. hard it can be. And I, but, but I'm going to stop you there. You don't have a real job. No. How I dare you? No, definitely not. I don't have a real job. <laughs> Boo-hoo for Sean. Yeah. You got a real job. I got a real job. Look at you. you Making that podcast money. You got to sit in this. This isn't it. Yeah, this, <laughs> isn't <laughs> it. Yeah, this is not the real job. It's, it's when I go to the hotel room every midnight and <laughs> oh, no. answer emails and oh, this press releases. Sad. Yeah. Oh, no. it well, gets, yeah. It's about me. Wait till you it's can like smell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really hits home. <laughs> at the same time as getting naked chicks everywhere, becoming a NASCAR driver, we learned, I learned this through Lally, that it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get haters I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's a lot of those. But those <laughs> there were so many, you just kind of forget them. But the, the, the funniest to me was in the Cup season 2014, we were having, like, the most miserable start to the season ever. And the year before, we had done a great job, this team. That's what got me all enthused right, to do this. And then, right. like, everything started imploding. We'd wrecked. Engines blew up, like, three or four times. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced. Right. And we go to Martinsville. And it's just, again, a terrible weekend. We're having to qualify in time every week by the skin of our teeth. And we get in the race, and we're starting like dead last. And we go off into turn two, and the brakes weren't really working. I couldn't get them heated up on the pace laps. And they wreck in front of me, ever, and I get wrecked, like bounced sideways and get stuck on the curb. Okay, right. We're, we're like screwed. I crashed into the barrels. So I'm stuck in the curb, and my crew chief, I guess, I had already gotten out of the car, went on this like tirade, being like, I told him to hang back and all this stuff. You know, whatever. It's yeah. emotion. It's right, all good. Right. But then. Like, it looked so dumb. It was like the last car <laughs> on the field, and I wrecked. Right. And it was like the, like the final injustice right. to this season. Right. And I remember getting out of the uh, medical center. My PR girl was there. They actually ended up taking the whole front, off and front end off, and we ended up finishing the race. 
And I just turned around and I said, I just want to go home. <laughs> right. And I was like so just destroyed, right. distraught. And ever since, that became like this series of things on Twitter where always people go back. Like anything I do, like, right. oh, yeah, like this moment. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like anything I do. And I'm like, you know what? That will haunt me forever. Yeah. And I, I think it's hilarious. Like they think they're really getting at like, me. Burn. And I'm like, yeah, cool. How many cup races did you wreck out of last place? Yeah. None. Right. What's and up? Get at yeah, me. Whatever. Get at How many curbs and martins did you get stuck on? So... It's like definitely like this? exactly like that. Yeah. Oh, for it, sure. That's exactly that, right. That's how I did it. Yeah. And uh, that takes talent. You know, you might. Right. It takes. It takes a lack of skill right. to get there. And I had it. So. Have you? Uh, I'm sure this has happened because this happens to everybody, even in our sport. Who who do you get mistaken for the most? Well, well, that goes back to my biggest pet peeve. Pet peeve in racing, which is like if you're wearing a suit where they just yell driver, oh. it won't stop. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. Kidding. my thing is yeah. it won't stop. Yeah. My whole like if you say my name then you get an autograph. But if, and I'll stop for anyone if you say my yeah. name. And I do it constantly, even when we're in a rush. But if you say driver, right. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, not sure. even, it's just not, you not worth it. Yeah, nope, yeah, right. not worth my time. Right. What if they say, hey, reporter? <laughs> you're like, damn it, damn it, that sort of matters. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. When you moved over to the broadcasting, speaking of hate, um, when you moved over to the broadcasting side, you know there's sort of a spectrum of audience members and the NASCAR crowd. You're young, energetic, positive, good-looking. <laughs> but that can be a recipe for hate among, oh, yes. uh, on, oh, on, yeah. on the broadcast yeah. team. How's, yep. look at him how's the, the reaction been? Look at, yeah. yeah, look at him breathe air. <laughs> look at that glasses he's wearing with the sun yeah. in his eyes. Look. Why does he wear a tie? Yeah. <laughs> he's got to wear a tie. Yeah. Look how he wears that NASCAR and NBC apparel. They must have that to him. The worst. What's uh, your favorite worst comment? All right, so my favorite comment. <laughs> it was, so I guess guys testing my knowledge, two years ago. Matt Kenseth wrecks Logano at Martinsville. And yeah. we would do this show. We call it the post-post show, but it's called the Victory Lap. And it was the, after the post-race show, we'd do an hour-long show, kind of like with more of the drivers you didn't hear from. Right. You know, that have been recorded, and we place those, and we talk about their races, that sort of thing. But that day was a huge moment because Matt Kenseth took out the leader of a race. I don't know if you remember this. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, after he had wrecked him, and it was just a disaster. So, nonetheless, I got on the TV was the only analyst and I said I believe that that is too far is gone you know that's over the top and that NASCAR should make a statement of most likely ban or suspend him for two races well guess what happened he got suspended for two races yeah, right. <laughs> I called that <laughs> one called right. yeah, yeah. but I got I guess people had because it was such a thing people had waited all the way to our shows one of like the highest ratings we had and I got literal death threats wow yes, yes. good guys good. being like I'm gonna find you you yeah, blah blah. I'm gonna kill. You should kill yourself. Right. Blah blah. For having the and audacity. For all having the audacity. To say that Kansas should be suspended. And for exact for what he actually for what happened. exactly happened. Yeah, yeah. So <coughs> the the best one, one of the funniest ones. Well, I took a lot of them. I cut them and I put them on my personal Facebook. So all my and I was like, hey, I've good. got the best friend, like fans. Right. Everyone loves me. <laughs> so nice. And it was just everything I had. If it was a po if there was a picture on my Instagram, it had nothing to do with it. People were they were leaving comments there. Right. Anything they could find that they right. found my name. Right. So they were leaving comments. Right. And it was it was incredible. One was like. How'd you, little man, get in the big chair? <laughs> and that was one of the comments, and I'll never forget what? that little man. That one, little man, get in the big chair. And everything's misspelled, right? Of course, and it was just so foot, funny. But yeah, that, that was my because I have a theory in TV and all entertainment. Uh, you haven't made it until you get a death threat a day. 
A day. We got oh, work on TV. This. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna have to work on this. But think about it. Until you, because your goal in all the entertainment stuff should always be like you want fifty, at least fifty percent like you fifty percent hate you, right? Yep. It's good rush. Then if they hate you, if you're doing something right, they'll hate you enough right. to send you a death threat. And so if you get one a day, you're doing something you're right. You're living right. Nice. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> okay. How many are you up to now? Not enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm working on it, man. So if anyone's listening, please do. Send it along. I mean, the easiest thing to do is just on, wh wh when's the next race for you? Mm. Every weekend. Okay, so, so where are you going? Are We're you going to Charlotte this weekend. Oh, easy. Okay, cool. So just like first thing you say is like Dale Jr. sucks. <laughs> oh, boom! <I'm> done. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. You're like, I'm out. I'm out. I say, does See it have to come every day or can it just deals. be an aggregate? Like, or just I guess a, an aggregate. Okay. Yeah. If, okay. Yeah. You know, if it came out, you got 365 in a year. In one day. Okay. Well, if you got one day. No, I'm yeah, saying if you yeah. got 365, but then none for the rest of the year. No, does that still that still works. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Then maybe we are all right. We're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you struggling just to fill time when you get to like the post, post, post race show? <laughs> you know, it's not as bad. I mean, here's the thing the size of the production with uh, what we do on the weekends is incredible. It's actually on par with the Super Bowl. Um, so we're like well around 200 and some odd people, oh, I think, that come yeah, each yeah. time. Yeah. There's tons of trucks. And these it's are just, year round people, so they, they know the routine. It's, yeah. it's, ins it's insane what the level of like the production is. Right. And. I would say, you know, it's, I don't think we're feeling that often. You know, that's the right. funny thing. Because we have so many cars yeah. in the race. You know, yeah. if it was Formula One, you get three or four stories that really matter. But, you know, in NASCAR, the guy who finished 12th might have finished 12th with a 25th place car. Right, Or right. something. And then it matters, like, you know. Right. And so it's just, more water. I always say, like, in football, you know, they have it easy because you can see when the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts run, right? Because yeah. that's, you know, it's an you underdog the, another. Yeah, or but you for saw us, the... Each and every weekend, someone a Jacksonville Jaguar beats a Colts, but yeah. it's somewhere in the field. Right. You just have to find it. You right. know, when Landon Castle goes and finishes 15th, that's a huge day. Yeah, right. right. We got to find that. Yeah, right. yeah, you got to bring that out. And right. I think that's something we try to do. But right. I, I, you would, you'd be surprised. It's it's not as hard as it looks a lot of times. One of like. the one of the challenges I always assume though is that you know, uh, coming from the sports car side, I'm always blown away every time I see how quickly they can pack up and go. Mm. in the NASCAR paddock. I mean, those guys are in the trucks ready Dog. to go 20 minutes it's after a race. the race. It's, it's a race insane. Race. But, you have, but that means you have 20 minutes to get all those interviews, all the, yeah. you know, EVS, is, as we used to call it at E, uh, all those sort of digitally recorded things, and then backfill the next three hours or whatever the hell you're doing. Yep. Um, what, how's that scramble, just trying to fill all that stuff? So, yeah, as a pit reporter, uh, it's insane because we all just, that, that had, first minute after the race yeah. is, like, insanity. We have some incredibly right. talented people, especially my pit producer, Renee, She's amazing, and she's listening to probably six or seven different voices in her right. head at the same time, trying to write down who she's getting, how yeah, they, yeah. how long they were, right. and it's going yeah. like that. And yeah. you know, we like when we have to do the 16 playoff drivers and other drivers, we'll get 20 interviews in, in 10 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah, and insane. four people, four mm -hmm. people, right. three cameras. It's like bam. Right. And you think about how that was choreography, you know, the choreography behind that. It's it's insane, right. especially when. These are humans that are trying to get away. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't always get away. Right. That's right. the key. Is, is, I got to hear one story, if there is one, mm -hmm. of a, you got to go interview Cobblish or whoever, and you're just like, no, please, no, 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 not like, today. I'm not looking today, at him, but it's not going to go yeah, well. I don't, I don't yeah. want to so make me do this. Okay. That happens occasionally where you're just told no. Austin Dillon did it to me after the XFINITY qualifying this weekend. I'll okay. call him out on it because we were cool afterwards. He, I totally understood. Qualifying. He qualified like 26 or something. Qualifying. In Xfinity, and which is like... What are you it's doing? a bad weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right, but like you're Austin Dillon. Give it a chat. But you get to I drive agree. the black number three. I agree. You know, like but maybe hey, just yeah. I understood. So he he apologized after which was nice. So nonetheless, 
I've had that happen, but my funniest interview story, <laughs> you wouldn't appreciate me saying this, is uh, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> Brad Kozlowski, Xfinity race, Bristol last year. Yeah. He gets, runs out of fuel or something happened. I can't remember what it was, but he probably had the race won. Doesn't win, and the 22 car had not won for basically more than a year. Right. And he was winless in the Xfinity series, and so he made me walk with him to do the interview, <laughs> which is like a big... You know, slap well, in the face yeah. a little bit. And so I'm running with him, trying to keep up, doing the interview, doing the interview. And at the end, he gets done, and I just said, a winless season continues for Brad Kozlowski. That's it. That's a little dig. Like, like me. And so that was, that was probably my, like, only time I've been a little bit, not malicious, but just in terms of saying, like, <laughs> yeah. if you make me walk, yeah. I got the mic last. Right. Yeah. So. right. <laughs> so you go to the Brooklyn Formula E race. Yeah. About a month or two ago now? Yeah. And uh, didn't enjoy it? Well, yeah. So, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, I did no, not. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing. When Foley E first got announced, I was so pumped. I was like, hell yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, rock on. I always thought the best series in the world would be, this was before Foley E, but I thought, like, if you could take champ cars, cut off the wings, keep a thousand horsepower, and just go to street courses. <laughs> be insane, yeah. but yeah. like massive thousand horsepower from a Fords. Right, yeah. Racing on street courses. I'm like, that would be the, the series to die for. Right. And so I saw what they were doing with Formula E, and I thought, well, electric car is pretty cool. Like, they're going to have a ton of power, whatever. And obviously electric, you know, in the car world is, is, the, is the future, right. most likely. You know, speak to Elon Musk, he'll tell you that. And everyone else who's having to jump on board now. And... Basically, I was like, all right, cool. And then when the cup team pulled, that was actually something we worked on was trying to go to full meet. That's right. To, I read about that. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to a couple of uh, sponsors that had helped us a little bit in the NASCAR side, and they were more of a green-oriented mm -hmm. thing, energy companies, that sort of stuff, and said, you know, hey, look at this coming about. Like, let's go do it. Right. I'm not busy. Yeah. Let's just go do this. Like, let's just do something crazy. Yeah. And it was a little too more too European, a little too early, you know, for them. And, and that was unfortunate. They just didn't have an American presence. Right. So, and they were like, you know, look, love the idea, but it'd be cool. They were like, you know, if NASCAR had one, we'd do it. So, because <laughs> they, they were an American company. Right. It made sense. Nonetheless, finally – or I watched it on TV. I'd seen some of the races. Thought it was cool. Understood the cars, you know, are limited. That sort of thing. Right. But I was like, I wonder if the at track experience was. And they're getting. They were doing the free giveaway for fans. Right. A lot of races. And saw that like Mexico City, they had a big crowd. That sort of thing. And it's on the up. So they come to Brooklyn. I realize I'm free on that Sunday. I wasn't gonna be, and then I was. Right. I had to go to New Hampshire for the X Men race, but then drove back that night and then went the next morning. Okay. And I had asked for some press passes or press pass. Got it. But then my girlfriend and a friend wanted to come, so I decided, you know what? Screw the pass pass. Yeah. I'm just gonna we'll just go as fans. Right. It'll make a it'll make a more interesting viewpoint anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we go and I'm expecting to be able to waltz up and get a ticket. I looked the night before, tickets were on sale. They we arrived, they're like, Nope, <coughs> sold out. I'm like, sold out? What? No. Like <laughs> Stop. This is Brooklyn Red Hook, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, I'm like, you're full of E. No one paid a lot of money to come to this. Right. So Right there, I'm like, okay, whatever. But they're like, you have these free passes, general mission, you know, if you can get in. And it's one thing they said, like, if there's room. And I'm like, are you guys kidding? Like, no. no. I'm, I'm telling you, there's definitely room. <laughs> right. Like, you could put it from one race right here and there'd be room. I was in the York. parking lot. Right? Yeah. I know there's room. Yeah. Well, you couldn't drive. Oh, that's right. It said, yeah, yeah. no, par no do not bring a car. 
Oh, so wow. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. So yeah. we Ubered over. The Uber driver was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's the Formula E race. He's like, like Formula One? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, who knew? And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a full, like a it's race. sold out. Yeah, How do you yeah, not yeah. know? Yeah, it's sold, sold out. out. <laughs> so you get, you get the initial chase, immediately walking in. You're looking at the, the people, as I call them, the clientele. Yeah. And they're all dressed as if they just stepped off the yacht, the mega yacht at okay. Monaco yeah, Yacht right, Show. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I get that. I've seen that Formula One, whatever. But then you go in, and immediately as you come in, there's a red carpet to the left, roped off. And that's the VIP club, and where all the media yeah. members went, yeah. and yeah. the Instagrammers, and the influencers, influencers yeah. hashtag yeah. influencers, yeah. quotations, whatever. And mash pots. Then everyone, yeah, yeah mash pots. Yeah. And then everyone else goes, right, buy some porta potties. Right. And immediately I'm like, wait a second. There's a difference here. Yeah. So then <laughs> I look at the map, and I'm looking at this map, and I'm noticing that the area for like if you bought a ticket or your general mission is the size of my pinky but the area the emotion vip club Ooh. is bigger than the track wow. <laughs> almost okay i mean it looks huge on yeah. the map right and i'm looking across and they got like no one in the grandstands there but they must have all been in the club but it was so obvious like wait a second why is that bigger than the actual fans right right area so the it's haves a, versus the have-nots was it? It was just crazy incredible. disparity. Incredible, okay. and it's not even the haves. It just became apparent that like it was so set up to be cool on Instagram, yeah, right. and not for anyone to think like I'm a racing fan. This yeah. is another form of racing I should right. enjoy. Right. right. So you go through the whole day. Finally, we're coming to walking through the um, general mission area, and they got the cool displays and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'm talking to people. We actually ran into some friends of mine that went to Brooklyn, which was cool. Yeah. They brought their baby, and right. I thought that was cool. Yeah, because you could. Because you could. Yeah. It was so quiet. Right. But there's no. As we get closer to race start time, which was supposed to be 1 o'clock on the schedule, <clears throat> everyone's standing around and, like, looking in nine different directions, and we're, there's just one corner that you can actually see where the cars come by in the general mission area, which is a hairpin, and people are like, hey, is the race going to start? Is it starting? No, I think it started. And everyone's like, no, it hasn't started. And then 105 happens, then, like, 106, finally, right. but, like, yeah. no idea that it started here everyone was looking in seven different directions so there's yeah. no pa system saying like here Nothing. we go wow so then you're thinking i'm like that's weird they must not turn it up <clears throat> yeah race continues on we walk around walk to different parts of the general mission no no pa whatsoever right there's i can if i go to this part i'm not supposed to stand in and i got yelled at i can sort of hear the pa that's getting blasted to the front stretch yeah but i can't hear it at all so then there's this vi the vip Visa area. They have the TV on right. where you can see the TV on this big screen, but no sound. Nice. So before I knew it, I became like the on the ground e for informant. Right. Where people are asking me like, "What's happening?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, this guy's leading." Yeah. And this guy, uh, no info whatsoever. Sure. And right. so you had two thousand people, three thousand people standing around, you know, just staring into space, yeah. clueless, yeah. not right. interested. There was actually some cool stuff happening, and the best part was the race comes to a close. We're standing at the hairpin, and they, they come slowly to the hairpin, and this one person goes, oh, this must be when they pit to change cars. <laughs> and I said, no, the race is over. And he's like, no, 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 watch. And I'm like, no, that's, that's the it. winner right there. Yeah. <laughs> this race is done. We're, we're out of here. And that's what yeah. I knew. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, right. So I, I just got fed up with them. They have a huge chance to do something for real, yeah. and – they obviously are just not taking it seriously as they should be. Right. And they're thinking that, you know, if it looks cool on Instagram Understand. and champagne is flowing, then then go. it's going to take off and it's just, right. I don't see it. But then I also have a, a conspiracy theory about it. Oh, okay. Let's get yeah. into it. Well, I'm going to make no friends with this. We'll just bleep all, all right. of this. Yeah. I believe 
that Formula E is a test bed to see if fans will accept e-racing or not for when Formula 1 has to decide if they go full entertainment ah. or no relevance to the race. Interesting. Right. <laughs> That's a fair question. Look at the ownership and you'll see, yeah. Yeah. I think, some similar names. Right, right. That's interesting. That's actually a really fair argument. The, the no. common theme I've heard in the, in the industry on our side is that it's very much a, look, we're doing this. Yep. We're doing the, the green yeah. thing, everyone. We're doing so it. So we're cool. Yeah. We're, we're working us. on it, but it's like, eh. You know. Why? And here's the thing. Why does it have to be that way? Like, why not just do it for real? Like, yeah. make a real electric series. Yeah. Make the cars cool. Make them fast. Right. And I'm sure it will have some form of semblance of acceptance. Right. I mean, I would watch it if it was cool. And they were like, the thing is, an electric car should have a really cool deal where the torque is going to be through off the roof. The, through yeah. the roof. Yeah. yeah. So, like, launching off the line and sort of things can be incredible. Yeah. But, like, why do a neuter down nothing, right. you know, infomercial yeah. when you could actually have a real series? Sure. So, you end up doing uh, a, a test with Sam Schmidt? And I did, lights? yeah. Yeah. And, he, and just didn't go anywhere? Or um, like? I think they, you know, we were we were really close to uh, Spencer Piggott in speed, who yeah. just won the Fulham Mazda Championship at that time. And right. I hadn't been in an oatmeal car since I was 16 yeah. at the time. So, super cool. I had a blast. It was felt right at home. You know, I actually was la fought laughing with someone that, like, driving just that one test, I felt more at home the four hours I got to drive that car than I did for a whole season of running like Xfinity car. Right. You know, I just it just clicked in my brain. I don't know why. Yeah. But had a lot of fun and uh, I think I ended up a tenth off him, which was annoying because I thought I had him. <laughs> and I really did and then yeah. I messed up on my fast run. But it was cool because he went on to win the championship next right. year. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I, I could beat that guy. Yeah. I could run with him. Not beat him, probably run with him. But, yeah. but I really wanted to do something with it. I wanted to go run that stuff. And it just came down to, you know, there was kind of a halfy offer maybe to, to drive that car, but they still needed a considerable amount of funding along with it. Right, right. And at the time, I was more on the side of like, if I'm going to take that amount of money, I would go run a truck because I'm going to get paid, right. you know? And I'm not going to get paid to do this yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So. so we should get you an FIA ranking because you can. Oh, I did. No, no, no. I got not, one. Do not, no. Oh, I got one. I did it by accident. So I tried. Oh, yes. You Why were around that time. That? Why would you so suggest that? So a year ago, <laughs> or two years ago, I really wanted. To, I've always wanted to do the 24 hours a day tour. Right. Really, really bad. And like, I've always wanted to do endurance sports racing. Nonetheless, I thought I could get a silver. And yeah, a right. Deal That's why I was saying that. I, if I could have gotten a silver, You'd I may have had a chance prime. to get in this car. Right? Yeah. Well. I'm, so I sent in this thing, and I made it sound like I was brand new. I yeah, was new, like yeah. I had done things, but you know I'm yeah, obviously not very course. good. Yeah. 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 I you know run ovals, right? Um, you know, oh, I paid to do all that. Right, you know, yeah, all that. Yeah. I I'm run this company that's funding this thing. I'm a gentleman driver. Yeah, right, right. Bam, gold stamp. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, how did that happen? <laughs> right, ruined. Yep. So that killed the dream. Yep. Screwed. So yeah, I yeah. think I could go back Isn't now. Isn't that fun? That's what it, we all yeah, want. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to yeah. be considered pro. Yeah, you want to be um, considered challenge. <laughs> okay, so uh, the word is you love rosé. Yeah, that and tequila. That and tequila. <laughs> do those mix? <laughs> no. Okay. Why are we not doing tequila? He's How do you do an episode this afternoon? We have to drive to Los uh, Angeles. Well, I'm you drive yeah, to yeah. Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. we got to be there tomorrow. You couldn't be further away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. literally came the furthest point possible yeah. when you're going back. Yeah, well, yeah. we're like, we're already here. We might as well just get 
Parker out of the way, and then I we even can go feel back. more honored. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I'm, yeah. I'm embarrassed. I feel like I, you know, yeah, we I have can't to drive to Los Angeles yeah. because of you. I know, I can't. And, but, and there's, and there's <laughs> possibly live up the expectation. There's 3,200 miles between here and death, basically, and so uh, just remember, I'm it, the last guy. Yeah, yeah you were the last right, guy. Right. If something goes wrong, we have a Jason. If Jason. you're hearing this, <laughs> exactly, help. Yeah. Uh, the the spare hard drive is in the glove compartment of the MDX, <laughs> which is probably upside down in a river somewhere. Yep, exactly. Dig that out. All the episodes are find good. It. There'll be a beacon. Right. Yep. Yeah. Find us. Exactly. We need a beacon. Yeah. We do need a beacon now. <laughs> There's that watch you can get that does like the in the exactly pull the pin out yeah. the helicopter lens. Uh, that? That? Was that Bulova? Top Gear did that. Was it Bulova that did? Not Bulova. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Brightling. Yes. Yeah, they've got the pull yep. the pin helicopter. Lens. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, three. Like, awesome. so they're like Richard Branson will buy this. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I do need that. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. All right, so everybody talks about Talladega being the like in sports car racing. Sebring's infield is notoriously the biggest party in 19. Whenever they had the oil fuel crisis, like in 1974 or something. Uh, no, it was late. It was like 78, 78 79, yeah. yeah. They canceled the race and 50,000 people still showed up to party. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it's awesome. like that's how big of a deal this yeah. is. What year was that? That was like 78? 70, well, if it was the oil crisis, yeah. yeah. 78, 79. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Talladega is the equivalent as far as we know. What's the place we don't realize has like the craziest fans? Where you're like, yeah, Talladega is obviously insane, mm -hmm. but check out. Talladega to me has not been as cool oh, okay. last few years. Uh, and I've asked people before, you. you know, like, hey, was it? And it was definitely at the other time. If you want the craziest, Michigan oh. and Watkins Glen. I can see that. I like that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are now, For Watkins sure. Glen is the festival in NASCAR. Yeah. Is it? Uh, it's awesome. It's so cool. And that place is completely full. Yeah. Like when we go there now in the last couple of years, yep. it's my favorite event of the year, uh, bar none. And it is just manic and pandemonium right like when you go into the center of the infield i mean there's it's as far as the eye can see right campers and it's just going yeah. you know all the time it's awesome well it so historically awesome. was that track for formula one exactly. when they raced yeah. they used to burn buses and volkswagens but it, and all i sorts guess of it stuff. just you know like in the last couple of years for whatever reason fans have become They've more adept it. to road race yeah and so hence we're getting a third road race a road sort of. <laughs> and uh in the hey look you know what it's something i'm all it's for something. anything yeah exactly right and yeah. uh i was like that's you know it's just cool to see us embracing road racing right and that this become a party yeah absolutely so i saw porsche cup racing up in most sport we race trucks there yeah and know about Porsche Cup forever. I used to sim race Porsche Cup all the time. Yeah. It's the best series on iRacing. Is it really? So much fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can just jump in be instantly fast. Really? Yeah. Okay. The only one that's close to as fun is the GT3 series because yeah. all the cars have ABS and traction control. Yeah, I run that. And yeah. so you literally jump in. I'll do no – like the other day I did Road Atlanta. No practice, no setup, nothing. Jump in, end up fighting for the top five at the end of the race. <laughs> And started like you know I didn't even do a, I didn't know how much fuel to put in the thing or anything. So you're a better sim racer than me for oh, sure. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I would hope. Like you're big on <laughs> asshole. So you're big on the i racing stuff, right? Like you do a lot of it, or at least you used to. I used to. Yeah. Not as much anymore. I girlfriend came along. Yeah, life yeah. in general. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a girl to kiss me. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. So. <laughs> Congrats, yeah, man. It, it stopped. Um, it's just I like in the perfect world. I would run these like a league once a week. Yeah. And that's so much fun. Love it. Show up, fix that up, jump in, have some fun for two hours, and then I'm done for the week. You know? Yeah. 
and but even that's tough sometimes. So I'll, I'll go two, three, four weeks, not get to race, and then. So yeah, I'm I'm good for about a race a month. Yeah, that's or what's two. Happened. And but my true enjoyment, I I actually really like the iRacing NASCAR stuff, <laughs> not because I'm competitive. But because I cannot get enough of the people talking to each oh other. Oh my god, it's so funny! Right? It's, it's <laughs> the most ridiculous. Like, you'd think all these guys are ready for cup. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. just talking, and no one's ever been responsible for a crash. Nope, <laughs> never. It is amazing. So they've never been responsible um, when they recognize you. It's every five seconds, calling you out on what you're doing and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. That's uh, <laughs> a good time. I love that. And, and then they, there's guys just telling you how their day is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, good luck from New York. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Hey, man. How you doing? Oh, life's good. Just got out of my job. You're like, hey, yeah, can we? Yeah, my dog's a little what? sick, though. Got oh, okay. Hey, hey green flag's coming. <laughs> Outside. Outside. <laughs> yeah, my wife, she had to go to the dentist. Yep. So. <laughs> um, I saw where you were going with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw the cup cars? That Mossport? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, Porsche Cup cars. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I saw that, and I just thought, like, I want to know in America, are those, like, because I feel like that's the ultimate gentleman driver series at times. Yeah. Where so, you get, like, the guy who's, like, fully decked out in a Porsche shirt, oh, yeah. Porsche yeah, hat, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah, shows yeah. up in his Porsche GT3 yep, exactly. road car. They'll actually buy the Pilotti factory Pilotti shoes. shoes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Some of these guys will buy the factory driver suit. Yeah. No. That yep. looks just like the one no. Patrick no. Long and Bergmeister wear. No. Yeah, like, and you're like, yeah. okay, now I'm not okay. Right. No. Now it's not well, okay. It's like far. Porsche Motorsport yeah. collection shirt. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, towing the factory line, the whole thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, got, I just signed. No just way. Just signed with Porsche. Who is the guy in the NASCAR, I guess you call it garage, uh, that we maybe don't know but is an awesome storyteller that we should get? Ooh. Huh. That has to be a driver. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry the Crew Chief that we never met. Oh, the crew Chiefs. Yeah. The Crew Chiefs are good. Yeah. I mean, you, if you find the right one, uh, you can get some of your older ones. Like, I got a, my Crew Chief from the truck is Chris Carrier. He's got hilarious stories of working with Harry Gant. And that oh, sort nice. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All your, you know, Tim Richmond. He worked with Dale Earnhardt. Oh, cool. He's got really cool stories. The Dale Earnhardt stories are always the coolest. Right. Because that guy was just such a legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he. anyone who's worked with him, like, they have just the funniest stories about, like, uh, or the spotters. You should get a yeah. spotter, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. They're yeah. good, too. They, they love to chat. They're, they're all gossipers. Yeah, they all talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just love to spread Gunselmans mm -hmm. all around. Yeah. And that's yeah. a big thing. So you're a Penske development guy. You're, you know, you're... 20 or into your early 20s and uh, and this what should be sort of a dream opportunity comes to an end yep uh, how does that happen well can you if you find out can you tell me <laughs> um, but that's exactly like you got a call and you didn't see it coming or how does this work uh, gosh. oh the actual how does it go down yeah, so, all right, go here's down? how it goes down yeah here's how it goes down you're driving at BKR you get some Brad Keselowski racing yeah you okay. get some in the truck series which is connected Penske you're also a Penske development driver I'm paid by Penske but I race for Brad so we're halfway through the season we're like fifth in points or so uh, not that far out of the lead but you know some interesting things were going on where I wasn't getting the best the newest engines and that sort of stuff and you know, it was, it was a struggle, but we were. And that we were was always the case where it started happening, and we so the writing we was on the wall. We were competing on consistency. We were doing good things, but you know, it's, it's a very, a very. Uh, it was a cold relationship, right? Okay. And now I've been at Penske at the time, since '09, and through 2010, I've made some mistakes, and then I made some, 11 some mistakes, and 
always had the speed, but you know the situations we were in weren't working out really well, and it was one of those things where I think there was a lot of decisions made there where no one's really sure how you develop a driver. Sure. You know, yeah. like sure. what's the right path? Because there was no program in place it prior to you. Yeah. 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 So hey, Ryan can thank me. I paved the way for him. Oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah. I told yeah, him, yeah, I'll yeah, let him know. Here's yeah. all the stuff you didn't have to go through. <laughs> right. but, uh, yeah, you're welcome, kid. Yeah, ki come on, good, kid. Good for you, though. Good, good to see you doing have well. Have fun on your jet, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not, nonetheless. Um, started, we were at this one race, and I started to get some very cold texts from Brad. And, uh, you know, I was trying to be professional about it. Just like, yeah. hey, man, you know, we're doing the best we can, blah, blah. And it was that next week that I get called, you know, it basically was told a lot of eyes on you, you know, step it up. And I'm like, step it up. Like, like, try harder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, love that fine. Like, I'm not trying faster. harder. Right, right. right. So <clears throat> I think we finished top 10 that race. It wasn't great. And I come in the next day on Monday, I want to or Sunday, I get a text from one of the higher-ups at Penske, and it's like, hey, we want to talk to you on Monday. Come in. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not thinking too much of it. Right. You know? I'm thinking, like, whatever. And, but it was him and the ultimate higher up at Penske. And I came in and it was basically like, hey, look, you know, it's been a good run. You're free to go look for opportunities elsewhere. Right. I'm like, okay, well, that was brilliant. There's that. So, <laughs> uh, I remember there were some other things said that I'm not going to go into, but nonetheless, one of the things that's always impacted me ever since that I'll never forget was you don't make enough headlines, which I always thought was an interesting quote. And I've always, I've never attributed it just there, but now I will. I don't, I don't really mind. Yeah. And uh, it stuck with me because I've kind of, live my life differently ever since because yeah. I'm like, all right, that's actually great advice. Yeah. You know, you don't make enough headlines. Okay. I can tell. All right. So, you know, you got to be more out there and like do more and that sort of thing. Right. So I, I, some people could take that as like an insult. I took it more as like, you know what? I could be doing more. Yeah. So uh, that was helpful. And then I remember reaching out to Brad being like, hey, man, you know, obviously you know what happened. Do we want to still continue running for this truck championship together? And he's like, yeah, sure, bro, like, blah, blah. So we go to the next race, Pocono. Uh, we don't qualify well or struggling in practice, qualifying. But we end up getting the race, have, like, a great race, drive all, finish seventh. I'm running sixth, like, two to go, and the three car, the three truck at the time was Ty Dillon, comes out, drives around me before this next corner in business, if right. you want to know what we were dealing with. Yeah. And I'm like, fine, but we get done. The race, pretty solid race, and I get the general manager of BK son goes, hey, Brad wants to talk to you in his bus. So I'm like, oh, wait. Here we go. I, I know yeah. where this is going. Yeah. So I walk in. He offers me a water, and I'm like, you've never offered me that before, so I'm not going to say yes now. Uh, sits down, says, I think we should go our separate ways. This isn't working out, blah, blah. I said, couldn't agree more. Thanks for the opportunity. Good luck with everything in the future. And I walked out of the bus, and... Uh, drove off and so I get done with that and my I, funny side story my family and all my friends came to the first Pocono in 2011 they got a party bus oh cool it was a disaster <laughs> uh, all my friends my brother's friends my sister's friends my mom my mom tried to control them telling them hey you can't drink going to this thing whatever well they were doing shots by 9am sure everyone showed up hammered I actually got called to like the NASCAR hauler because they had tried to enter and get their garage passes uh, hammered one of my friends had a bottle in his pants it was a disaster <laughs> none of them listened to me I told them all don't drink until you get to the stands right. like, you know have fun but right. no one listened they're representing right. you right? they represent yeah. me I was a little miffed Yeah. next year party bus again but this time <laughs> they understand they're going straight to the stands they're not getting pit passes none of that so <laughs> They are all coming, so the last thing I remember before I get in the truck is, hey, we're on our way, blah, blah, cool. I never see them before the race, yeah. but I'm not going to. They're going to be in the stands. Sure. I get done with the race. I do 
the thing with Brad. I get fired again <laughs> for the second time in, two in the same week. Good week. Killing it. <laughs> and like, I got this. I am just the best at getting fired. And this has got to be a talent in itself. Uh, and then I reach out to them like, hey, well, where are you guys at? And let's all meet up. And I always go home after that race okay. because it enough. worked out yeah. that way. So nonetheless, they're like, oh, we never made it. We blew a tire. We're in Stroudsburg, PA, Ugh. wherever. So I drive to this place. And as I emerge into this small little quaint town, imagine seeing suddenly 50 to a, like, felt like 100, but like 50 young people in cut-off jeans and what they think would look cool at a NASCAR race, <laughs> strewn through the town, overrunning it. And this one bar that is just insanity right. and they're trying every second to kick them out and everyone's just hammered and they're stuck in this town because the tire blew and they can't get in a bus for a while right. so I end up going up to my mom my brother and I'm like yep so I got fired like so be it right. and they're like oh my god my mom's like oh my god I'm like we'll think about it tomorrow for now let's just have fun right. so right. next thing I know we had a lot of fun at that bar and <laughs> every time they tried to kick us out we'd be like Shots for everyone! Yeah, right. And they'd be like, all right, you can stay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a funny time. So that's, yeah, that's how you get fired. All right. That's all how right. it goes. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, whoa, reality. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I have a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at that age, I mean, was uh, you seem like a positive guy. Was was the sky falling mm -mm. the next morning or was it already on the next morning? No, night? I had said, some, you know, look, I think about like Joe Logano and Joe Gibbs, like nothing ever materialized there that yeah. should have happened. But when you are 18 years old and you join an organization, think about what you were doing at 18 yeah. through like right. 20 and yeah, you're yeah, growing yeah. up as a person and yeah. now you're like the super professional organization, yeah. you're a shithead. You're, right. you're going to yeah. make mistakes, yeah. you're going to yeah. do stupid things, right. you're going to be a teenager. Your a ideas kid. are dumb. Your ideas are dumb, yeah. you say stupid things, right. you just do dumb stuff. Well, I did dumb stuff. I'm right. sure Giuliano did dumb stuff. Right. And so the relationship becomes less professional and more like mentorship and almost family-esque, but then at times that can't, that's not conducive to performance, right? right? right. Like on a thing what you should be, you're at the top of a game, of a sporting thing and a, a business endeavor, yeah. that's an odd relationship. And so that's kind of where Penske and I got to a point where it was like, this is odd. Yeah. Right. You know, we, let's just go someplace. Sure. If I were to, I always say like, if I had gone there two years ago, like where I am now, or now, <coughs> yeah. it would be a totally different relationship. At the maturity right. level you know, that you're at yeah, now. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't, so right. it's okay. Right, right, right. right. But, yeah, so I, I, so I was always positive about it. I thought it would be, like, the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, just to get out from it and just go figure, carve our own path. And I was sort of right if I had made, like, one or other two decisions that were better. But we didn't. So it was all good. So it sounds like Brad was pretty hands-on. Yes. Yeah, well, at least, like, he's, I mean, he's actually telling you, like, what he wants or whatever out of it. You drove for KBM. Uh, yeah, we're great, man. Thanks. You drove for KBM in the Xfinity Series. Was Kyle the same way? Or is that more of a yes it runs no. itself thing? Um, it was a little different situation. But, no, Kyle was actually really cool. Um, you know what's funny is I always say to people is that those two guys may hate each other, but they are identical. Same guy. They're the same yeah. person. Yeah. Like legitimately hard-nosed racers, feel like they fought for everything they got, you know, come out of a sort of a racing family a little bit, chip on their shoulder, yep. just want to win. They're going to outsmart you. They're going to outdrive you. They're just going to outdo you, right. you know. And so that's what the, both those guys are. Uh, but Kyle, this is the biggest difference. Brad might be a little bit more mentally, like, uh, how do I put this? He might try, if you're competing against Brad, he may try to mentally break you down and beat right. you. 
Kyle's more of an in-your-face, I'm just going to beat you right? sort of thing. And so what you learn is, like, if Kyle feels upset about something, he's just going to straight up tell you, you're an idiot, fix this. You're right. Brad is going to go behind you, then in front of you, then tell you one thing, and then eventually right. you'll get there. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't care telling I don't. I don't mind that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just who they are. So they know who they are. They, yeah. they already know it. They're I'm not telling anything. They damn don't know. it. <laughs> but KBM was I. It was he was cool time yeah. being that place. Yeah. So it's cool to see how it worked. So then you're currently racing the Henderson Motorsports, yes. is that right? And you guys are having good results. You were saying yep. top tens. Obviously, the NBC Sports thing could be your next 20 years. You know, if it, if oh it went, you know I what I mean. Thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Neither have we. <laughs> Uh, what's it, it, is the goal just keep getting to drive stuff and compete? That's kind of it? Yeah, I think, you know, just having fun. Um, Being in the hunt. Yeah, just, just doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. As you said, I have a, jo- I have a day job. Yeah, and then right. I consider the other thing a weekend job. But, um, you know, what's funny is, like, suddenly, as you're a young driver coming up, like, you never really think about age. Yeah. And you're always told you're young and it's your right. thing. You're like, oh, it's all going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I had a bit of a realization a couple months ago when I was in Charlotte, and I was actually having dinner with Ryan Turex, and Eric Jones was there, yeah. and it was his 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he comes up, and he's like, hey, guys, we're going to this bar, blah, blah, to celebrate. You should come with. So we go, and we're having some fun. It's a really cool time. And Eric and I were actually teammates at KBM for a short while when he just first gotten in NASCAR. Right. And uh, I always thought, you know, obviously this guy's a ton of talent, blah, blah. And he and I are talking, and he's like, yeah, man, you think about going you know, to get back in cup forever, blah, blah. And he's like, what are you, like 23 or whatever? And I'm like, no, nah, I think that sail, I think that ship has sailed. Like, I'm, you know, maybe a little over the hill for that thing. And he's like, wait, what are you, like 23 or something? And I'm like, no, 27. He goes, oh, <laughs> you are old. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even hesitate. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think uh, – I'm having a lot of fun where I'm at. I'm yeah, really yeah. excited about all the things outside of racing you get to do. You know, my dream world, I don't know, whatever, is that I'm not dependent on racing right. for a living. Yeah, maybe. I understand one that. And that makes and, it just more fun. And then it's just, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But right. I, I don't mind making a living, but if it wasn't the end-all, be-all thing, sure, sure. I'd be the happiest. Right. Yeah. Because it, it loses some of its what you should find. Your mortgage really. isn't. Yeah. Yeah. To this day, though, I always say, you put a race car through a Rouge or the quarter street Laguna Seca or the last 20 laps of Daytona 500 and there's poetry in that. I don't yeah. care. You know, I don't care. Put all the bullshit aside, right. all the money, all the shit that politics and all this stuff that goes into this. When it's actually a race car or a racetrack, there's poetry. Yeah. You know, it's romantic. I there's agree. something yeah. incredible about that. Yeah, for sure. And I, uh, I'll never lose that love for this, you right. know? Right. Uh, Random question, but a buddy of mine who's normally racing sports cars is good to run Mossport every year, uh, and uh, he ran this year's Mossport race and said over the last few years, it's gotten ridiculous to the point, like as a road racer, he's used to, you know, you set up the pass, and then you try and find the way, and then you outbreak him, whereas he, apparently you couldn't go a corner without just getting dumped, and that was just the way Mossport was. Is that how, like, road racing is going to be now? Oh, it's the new short tracks, yeah. because it's the only form uh, look. In all of racing, the car becomes more and more and more important as we get smarter. And NASCAR is not immune to that. If you were to look at the Cup Series on a mile and a half oval, it is as close to Formula One as anything else out there, where the car is the most important part. 
Now the driver, that, that's relative because there's times on a late race restart or getting on off the pits or moves and that sort of thing where the driver, the percentage of, of how good your driver is, is gonna make a big difference. But then there are times when you're turning lap time, it is down to the car. Uh, and so there's fewer and far places that we actually see where the driver can make a big difference. Well, road courses have become one of those places in trucks and Xfinity. Cup has even started to go for one there. But nonetheless, I think that's why you see what's happening at these road courses is that people get very aggressive because it's like, oh my gosh, I have a chance. You know? Like the super speedways, almost. Oh my gosh, I have a chance. Oh my god, I could win this. And I'm in the hunt. And so because aero and the car doesn't mean as much, you can make moves like that and get away with it. And the other thing is, what I've noticed is there's a lot, especially in the truck series, you'll see this at Martinsville when they get there later this month. Yeah, it's this, this month. Yeah. It's a lot of hit him and hope he doesn't get back to it. Right, right. And that's just the way they race in the series. And that's, it's tough. I mean, it's really hard. And it's really frustrating if you're a guy like Johnny Sauter or Ryan Turex that has a little bit more maturity and, and that sort of thing. But that's what these kids are, you know, they're, they're also in a position where if they don't do something incredible, they're probably not going to get a shot. So they got to do something incredible. And so it's, it's, the, it's you know, it's the, all that comes together and confluces into having this this wrecking, you know, destruction Whatever derby race. Yeah. Right, that's right, what right. I mean, I got put four wide at turn three at most part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't even, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. How does it come together? It doesn't. I didn't, know did, I didn't know any of us could do that. I didn't know it fit. I watched you guys do it. Yeah. I was like, shit, I didn't think it fit. Exactly. You're like, oh, <laughs> all right. I guess Except that's the thing. Something she's never said. Right. But you wish. Yeah. I pray every night. Yeah. <laughs> Some people pay extra yeah. for that. So, the, one of the, kind of in that same realm, the end of that race came down to Austin Sendrick dumping Kaz Growl. Kaz Growl. Yeah. And, uh, Sports car racing doesn't. We don't do that. If you, you cause that accident, you get a, uh, a penalty getting, getting for a penalty. avoidable contact. Yeah. And then obviously NASCAR, it's like you guys sort it out on on your own. Do you like as a full time stock car guy for the last umpteen years? Do you watch that race and go or the result and you're like, well, yeah, or are you like, man, you shouldn't have done that. Nah. No. Can't do that. Why is that? Can't drive through a guy. So, like, was it three or four years ago? Newman did that to Larson at Phoenix. Was it Phoenix? Yeah, to make the yeah. next round of the well, chase. That was kind of cool, though. <laughs> well, why? Because he didn't didn't wreck him or didn't spin him out. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, my thing is, I, you know, that's tough. That's a fine line. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what? Right. I'm actually I'm in shaky territory there. Yeah. I would say my whole problem with what Austin did is that he probably could have won that race just moving the guy out of the way. But he just uh, had to just like lifting and, yeah. You know, right. and just move him out of the way, go on and be gone. But, you know, look, that's – the thing is, if he does, his cast just come back and rail him back in the you know the right. next corner. So he right. did what he did to protect the win. I just feel like it's an unfortunate. It's not on Austin. It's unfortunate we've gotten to this position where that's what it ta you know the, the the thought process is, and the only way he makes the playoffs is if he does that. And so it's you know you're put in that position. Is it? Would I have loved to see him bump and run? Yes. Do I want to see it? Like just blatant lift off the brake, <laughs> nail the throttle a sec in right. the turn five at most board and nail the guy in front of you. Right. No, I don't want to see that. Yeah, copy that. Yeah, because I watched it and thought, well, that was shitty. And then the first comment I read was, well, he had to make the chase. And I went, oh, well, okay. Yeah, but see, it, it so kind of like, eh, I get it. But that's the world these days. Right. You know, think about TV. Like 30, 40 years ago, you know, you couldn't say things on TV. 
And then just the other day, I was on Sunday, I said balls. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, it really progresses, you know, <laughs> the human race. <laughs> Live television, I said balls. You can say balls now. Yeah. It got away with like, it. No I one mean, needs an email I mean, me like, Think about it. You could also, like, FaceTime Someone asked me, like, like did you get in trouble for that? I was like, no, never heard a word. <laughs> Till this podcast You're came out. To. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, this we didn't realize you said rewind. Yeah. We thought you yeah. meant balls like balls. I know. Find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't give you like the list of things you can't say, right? No, nah, I never got that. Yeah, it's see, just, I've it's done just like insinu- you know, like basically like a, you should know better. You should know this. Right, right. But then you gotta push the boundaries. Well absolutely. Yeah. The world progresses. <laughs> the human race <laughs> wants balls. <laughs> Listen, so they want balls, humanity, I'm gonna give it yeah, to them. Humanity wants balls on television. <laughs> Did you ever get any training actually? Or was it just no. like here you go? Figure it you out. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, I don't know. It's just here's the thing. I found racing through T V. I was well living over here, nine right. years old. I loved cars. I had tons of model cars. Yeah. And I we got cable. That makes me sound archaic, yeah. but we got cable. <laughs> and Speed Channel was on cable. And actually, Speed Vision, sorry, time. Yeah. Yeah. Speed Vision was actually on Stanford. Just showed your age there because when you first got cable, you had Speed. No, no, I you had Speed Vision. Yeah, right, right. No, right. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with, right. If it was Speed, yeah. you'd been like, what is yeah. he, five? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's kids racing now that were literally bored in 2000. Think about that. Yeah, Nonetheless. No. Nope. Nope. So that was like 1999, 1998. And I saw racing for the first time. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to be doing that. And so long story short, we moved a couple of years later. We're moving. I ended up starting go-karting because there's a karting association in a parking lot in Norwalk. Uh, that's pretty awesome. It's called Norwalk Karting Association. And one thing leads to another. But what I realized when I think back and when I start to do the TV stuff was like TV was my whole soul connection to racing. I didn't get to go to races, nothing. That was all I had. And so when I got into TV, the only way I thought about it was, what did the 11-year-old, 10-year-old Parker want to know when he was watching TV? Yeah. It was my only connection to it, and that's what I do. Yeah. So I, and then that's like and simply that, yeah. the simplicity it's to perfect. it. And clearly, balls were what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, he farting. didn't want balls. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let me redo that one. Yeah. Well, can I get Hang a, on. Can I get an edit? Hang on. <laughs> So the legend is, anytime you see a roulette table, oh, you, <laughs> oh, oh, that's this kind of about who you're ha- speaking to. I know people. <laughs> you have to put a hundred dollars down on your old racing number. Ah, uh, so it's not my old racing number. Okay, it's actually stupider than that. <laughs> so, well, there's 33 black, which is my go karting number. Okay. that was what I started racing New York Kart Associations with, and I always put money on that. But this <laughs> started like maybe not even a year ago or a year ago. My brother and I were in Vegas. We went to Vegas for something, and this joke happened where someone's like, put 100 on 27 red. And so we did 27 red, which I always associate with Jill Villeneuve. Okay. So That's amazing. So I always use my racer numbers as racers. So yeah. like 25 is Tim Richmond, and then I'll go to, like, current racers. I yeah. use three for Dale always. Always. Yeah. How to do that. So nonetheless, we walk in one time, and it happens. And then throughout that whole weekend, we just wouldn't give up. And I mean – like we went hard on 27 red from that point on and never won. And so, but then it became a joke. So anytime I'd walk into a casino or I know I'm going to one, I text my brother. I'm like, go to casino, 27 red. He's then those be 50 bucks immediately. So we split no each way. Side. Oh, no, no kidding. Way. You actually do it. Okay. We'll actually do it. And yeah. then walk in, 100 bucks and 27 red. Has right. yet to hit. Never done it. Has never hit. <laughs> nope. But that day, right. it will probably be You'll even because by that time, yeah, we'll say, spend yeah, 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 yeah. $20. <laughs> Ten-year investment. My dad is so disappointed in hearing this. Guy. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, wait, wait. When we were we were in Vegas, and he and I were gambling, Bart and I and my brother, and we just like to have fun with it. Like we're not 
not like we're like throwing away our life savings in right. it anyway. But we uh, <laughs> we like went a little far this one time, and he was like basically in tears, like get them to stop, <laughs> <laughs> please, <laughs> just stop. They're it. ruining their lives. Yeah. When you get the the first big Penske development driver check. What, what did you go out and buy that you were like, what, what am I doing? I never uh, – okay, so funny story about that. So I have the check I got for the first time, which was actually just doing a test at the Proving Grounds okay. in 08, uh, which I got that call when I was in African Studies class. I remember getting it <laughs> and being like, excuse me, i got to go to the bathroom and walked outside. And it was right. like a 704 number. I knew it. Answered, hey, we want you to go test. I'm like, cool, thanks. Back in class. Right. So that was awesome. Right. But uh, tested – uh, Kurt Busch's Daytona 500 car that day. But nonetheless. It was like on an eight-mile oval or yeah, something? Yeah, the big or? thing out in Yucatan, Arizona, or whatever. Right, right. And uh, so I actually ended up getting a check for that. It framed. It was over my bed forever. But actually, where it was over my bed was like if it ever dropped, it would have like severed my neck <laughs> because of the way it was. My bed went a little bit under the thing it was under. Okay. So that was always a funny thing. But, uh, after the Arca season was done in 09, I was – given a portion of the winnings for the year because yeah. I didn't get paid all year that sort of thing um, it was just kind of like you know paid for my travel free but at the end of the year it was you know we'd done so well won so many races the team was really cool everyone came together it was like here's what we want you to do right well I was going back home that December after the season and I was going to my, but my best friend was going to school in Charleston at College Charleston so I was going to go visit him and then we were going to drive back to Connecticut together for fun right and I remember going, thinking I'm going down there, and I had like $200 in my checking account, had nothing, <laughs> and I needed money to like get down there and right. go out, whatever, do things there. So I went and I got like 75 bucks out of my checking account, and I had kind of forgotten that this was coming, Winnings. but right. I just never thought anything of it, right? And never really made any money. So I go and I get the 75 bucks, and the, the receipt comes out. And I like looking at it, and I look at like the balance number, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I go back around to the ATM for like 200 more bucks. I call right. my buddy, I'm like, send me a great weekend. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> and we had some fun. And then we got caught in a blizzard, and my and my car blew up in the blizzard. It broke the radiator, and we ended up getting stuck in Fredericksburg, Virginia, for two days. Nice, blizzard. nice, nice. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. That took a turn. Yep. Yeah. That's gonna be great. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. No. Nope. No. <laughs> up in a Blizzard. That, that car cost me all my winnings. Best yep, part about that one is we thought we were going to be, we get, we end up finding, like this thing breaking down, the radiator's cracked, it's leaking water, we finally limp off to the side, it's that horrible uh, blizzard that hit, it was like four feet of snow or something, the Virginia's shutting down, we end up getting to this hotel, and we're like, alright, we know exactly what's going to happen here, we're going to get there, there's going to be like that school bus full of college cheerleaders it's gotta that are stuck here it's as well. It's got to happen. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> nope, it was us and like two families right. with like, four, right. Right. like 100 kids. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, God, what are we doing here <laughs> for two days? Stuck. The town is back that way. I'll never go to Fredericksburg, Virginia ever again. <laughs> never. Yeah. So we met with Mario Andretti last night, and uh, we do a pass-along question mm -hmm. where previous guest asked of the next guest and uh so we mentioned that we we're meeting with you he's and, a huge fan and my girlfriend said i know exactly what his question is who the hell is that <laughs> uh he didn't say that but we did sit we were like parker Kligerman. he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and and then proceeded to say do you like dogs <laughs> And like that was dogs. your question. Do you like dogs? <laughs> do I like dogs? I do like dogs. <laughs> I don't own one right now. My parents have dogs, but I my girlfriend's a major cat person. Okay. I'm a dog person. Good man. I love dogs. I would love my perfect dog would be one of those uh, 
what they call it, golden doodles. Oh, like okay. like yeah, building yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome because they don't shed, but they're like the size of a golden retriever, yeah, sure. and they're floppy and hilarious. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but I you would, don't have a dog currently. No, I don't have dogs. Sure, sure. Did you no. grow up with one? I, yeah, we've always had dogs. Okay. Well, I wasn't a big animal person growing up. I was a, obviously go kart and yeah. cars and right. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, it has a heart and stuff. No, yeah. no, I want, I want I have a car. To feed that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, you don't have to feed a car really. Right. Just money. Sure. But, sure. Uh, the it's like a woman. I do love them now. I love one these days on a car. A car. A dog. You've got a car. A dog car. Good luck, man. Dog. <laughs> car dog. I got a car dog. <laughs> Is this where I have to add, give you a question for the next guy? Yes. Yeah. We may have a last minute guess. Okay. It literally depends on his trial. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is not a joke. Uh, are you familiar with Scott Tucker? I didn't. I, you, you, this yes. is the first time you've heard this. Like we've been trying to get him, and then he texted me at 6 a.m. Like, hey, let's talk this afternoon, and uh, maybe we can make it work. Like, right. All right. Which means when he gets he out of court. Yeah, when he gets it's out. Like, literally, as he's we're in driving right now. to Mario last night, we get tagged on Facebook because we did a whole thing on on Jeff Brown, who's an engineer, Colin Brown's dad. Yeah, yep. And uh, it turned into this level five, which is his team's special episode, and it's like crazy. Yeah. It's our biggest episode ever. And uh, so we get tagged in Scott Tucker things all the time. And we're like, oh, I wonder if this will come up in the podcast. And it's like Scott Tucker goes to court today. So, like, right now he's in New York, like, dealing with – it could, go to, it could go to the trial yeah. by jury by the weekend. Uh, if you could ask any question of Scott, uh, what would it be? Has he ever lost? Does he – Well, we'll know. Is there we'll a loss? Tomorrow. Is there a loss? You know, in all that gone down there, yeah. guys like that seem to never lose. Has he ever lost? I like it. Is there something that someone will ask us? Is there a thing they're gonna be like, you know, Rust? Like we found out, like Mario Andretti had a pet pig for 17 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. loved it. Jeez, yeah. you know what about me? Well, nothing's that interesting. I'm surprised you guys were here this long. <laughs> so I really haven't done anything cool. Uh, you know, I'd say the only two cool things we can get into is that. Little known fact uh, for all, this is only cool to racers, but I've raced against Sebastian Vettel and oh. I beat him. Really? Oh. Yeah, by 10 nice. seconds. Whoa. So, uh, you know, that number sounds large to racing people, yeah. but then when you hear the story, it kind of makes more sense. We were doing that Proceed. Infinity um, Challenge deal where I was, it was like a social media race, and but it became like a, just a commercial. I was with Jalopnik and I went out to, to Hong Kong yeah. and got to do yeah. all the stuff in Infinity where they had to drive the car around like 20 mile an hour on the yeah. road and then be like, what do you think? And I was like, it has comfortable seats. It's got a radio. So yeah. the seats, those are the most comfortable seats in the world. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, once again, in the world, uh, like those are the best seats there is. Have you driven an Acura MDX? Yes, actually. I had one at Penske as a uh, car one time because we used to sometimes have cars where like someone would... Like, if your car's broken, you could get one of these cars from the manufacturer. Right. Honda was the yeah. Indy car. Right. And, no, I loved it. Those okay. were great. All I right. actually loved that car. I had it for, like, two weeks. All right, we'll take that. Love the MDX. That's good enough. There you so, go. So you're racing in Infinities. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, long story short, we end up finally getting to the road where we're going to drive on Spa in Belgium, obviously, Spa, Frankenstein, and the it's downpouring. So when he goes out, it's downpouring. Then he gets a second trial when it's drying out. But by the time I go, which is like an hour later, it's full dry. Full dry. Yeah. Yeah. I go fastest. Funniest thing was all the marketing types of this basically commercial that we ended up doing. Yeah. It was not supposed to be a commercial, but it turned into it. Had to have a closed door meeting because they didn't <laughs> want me to find out I was faster than him and then decide how they were going to spin this on the video. Right. And so it was like he drove because it was a social media thing yeah. for you got amount of time on the track right. how far you could get yeah he had the most time because of he's Sebastian Vettel right. voting wise <laughs> compared to me who the hell am I right 
He went the furthest. Uh, Parker drove the fastest. Okay. okay. That's my fun story. It's a win for everyone. Everyone wins. Except bullshit. You smoked him. Killed him. Killed Beat him. Beat a four-time champ. So, I, you know, I, I wrote Ferrari asking yep. for a little, you know, <laughs> little something. Well, thanks for uh, getting tacos. You know today's like National Taco Day? I, so I thought they were giving away free tacos. Yeah, the, the guy when we came in, he's like, are you guys here to record Taco Day? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, is right. it that big? Who no. knew? I said no, and he was like, oh, well, then get the f <laughs> Get out. I was like, not into it. We didn't even get it. All right, well, Taco Day was a success. We have Dario waiting in the car. You know Dario, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to get him out of here. He's, if he doesn't get his quesadilla, he gets he's never going to hear the end yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So. You know how Scottish are. Continental's got the check. And that is Parker Kligerman. Thanks again to Parker for uh, giving us the time. Really, really like hanging out with that guy. He just kind of feels like one of us. Uh, we are going to move on with yet another song by Tiger Dog, another uh, sort of new band submission that we received and uh, kind of like some of the stuff they had. Here's another song they've got called We're Never Having People Over Ever Again. Sounds about right. But you gotta choose your power 